This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. On today's show, we have the final hail report of the season, and 2021 was costly for hail insurance companies in Saskatchewan. They paid out more than they received in premiums. We talk with agricultural journalist Kevin Hirsch about climate change and government goals, as well as this year's drought. Real Agriculture talks with conservative agriculture critic John Barlow. Milligan Biotech expands, Saskatchewan Agriculture plans a drought seminar, and we have an agribition report. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your water well, your well water wonderful, and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Extremely damaging hailstorms resulted in near-record claims for Western Canadian farmers this year, despite a decrease in overall storm activity. The Canadian Crop Hail Association says insurance payments to prairie producers exceeded $322 million, compared to the $309 million collected in premiums. Scott McQueen is the president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. He says the most damage was in Saskatchewan. We had a loss ratio of 134%, and that's compared to uh, 65% in, in 2020. And then Alberta fell in at 97% loss ratio, and, and Manitoba was a little bit of a, a saving grace for the companies, and they were coming in at 26%. So Saskatchewan was he- heavy hit from start to finish. The first hailstorm arrived a little later than normal, but caused widespread damage. Our first big storm was around July 5th. I mean, we had a little bit of storm activity prior to that, but the first big one was July 5th, and that, that was southern Alberta. And then it sort of started from there. You get some big, some big dates like July 11th, July 22nd, and then into August and September. McQueen says the late-season storms caused significant damage around the Regina area. They did, yes. We had a big storm August 24th. We had one August 29th, 30th, and September 1st. And those hit a large portion of, of both Saskatchewan and Alberta. And, yeah, as, as crops are obviously ripening, um, they're more susceptible to damage. And they are quite heavy payments uh, for the industry this year. Higher loss ratios usually translate into higher premiums the following year. I would expect in 2022 a rate increase, um, you know, throughout the province. And it's not every township that's going to increase. It's just, it's basically based on previous history in townships. So uh, a lot of companies, uh, whether they go on a five-year average of 10 or a 20 or a historical average, um, that's that's sort of company to company. But you can definitely anticipate a rate increase in, in some of those townships that received hail in the last, uh, obviously, in, in 2021. Like all farmers, crop hail insurance companies are hoping for winter snow and spring rain to boost very poor topsoil moisture levels in many areas. Bad. I mean, it's 
it's one of those things and, and sometimes farmers want to see what the crop looks like before they put uh, crop hail coverage on and, and some don't I mean some you you see patterns of buying and that those patterns are you know they buy it you know within the same couple day range every year but a lot of farmers do like to to wait and see what the crops like and that depends on on your moisture levels and I know in the past and especially this year we had we had some areas that were hit pretty hard with drought we did have that big timely soak that helped producers um, get out and get their crop hail and and uh, hopefully next year we have you know adequate moisture levels for everybody and and we can all enjoy a, a good growing season Scott McQueen is president of the Canadian Crop Hail Association. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca The Climate Change Conference wrapped up in Scotland on Friday. Agricultural journalist and consultant Kevin Hirsch farms at Cabri. Last week he outlined a farm voice to the issues. My view is that Canada should do its part and do its best to meet its targets, but there's no use being a Boy Scout and getting ahead of the rest of the world. And if China and Russia don't care and other countries aren't living up to their commitments, there's no use you know, committing suicide with our economic future just to be Boy Scouts and show the world, look what we're doing when we're only 1.6% of total carbon emissions. We could, uh, you could euthanize the entire Canadian population and stop all man-made carbon, and it really wouldn't change the trajectory of global warming. That being said, we should try to do our part. We should try to encourage others to do their part. But I'm I'm not convinced that uh, going it alone or 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 that this heavy-handed environmentalism is really going to make much difference. And I really feel for our energy industry, our oil and gas industry, when people say, oh, we shouldn't be exporting, we shouldn't be producing. Well, that oil and gas is just going to come from somewhere else that may even have a higher carbon footprint than we do and probably a whole lot more ethical problems than our production has. So what have you really solved other than making us a whole lot poorer so I know those aren't necessarily popular decisions in the environmental crowd, but you asked. Europe has adopted a number of energy sources, but still buys natural gas from Russia. And they have, as I understand it, just recently passed their food-to-fork policy that calls for a huge increase in organic agriculture, a massive decrease in the amount of crop protection products used, a massive decrease in fertilizer in the years ahead. So they will more and more become a net importer rather than an exporter of agricultural products, which I guess could be good for us. But the same policies that they're adopting, some people are saying Canada should do the same thing, and I think that would be a big mistake. A federal proposal calling for a 30% reduction in fertilizer use in Canada is a cause for concern. Well, at this point, it's a target that's been put out there, and a lot of people have you know, said various things about what that target would mean. I still haven't figured out exactly how the government would implement that uh, or what their plan is in that regard. I do think the MNP report was probably not very well articulated. The, it's not a straight-line correspondence between cutting the top end of your fertilizer use down and the yield reduction that will come about. And there are things we can do with nitrogen stabilizers, uh, better placement of fertilizer, 
uh, more pulse drops, some biological products that may have a place to play that we could mitigate some of the negative effects of decreasing fertilizer use. But I don't think it's a very good idea to try to mandate reduced fertilizer use uh, from the top down. I think it's better to make it more attractive for producers to better use fertilizer and to attack the problem that way. Kevin Hirsch farms near Cabri. He says this year's drought affected many farmers, especially those who were unable to grow enough crop to meet forward production contracts. Hirsch says paying money to grain companies to fulfill those contracts is something that's not easy to forget. It's a tough nut to crack. I don't think he can go in and impose changes in existing contracts. Many of them have now been settled and worked through. It has been variable how one company or another deals with producers, and they might deal with producers in a different way, depending whether that producer just doesn't have the crop or whether that producer is perceived to just want to get out of the contract to participate in price rallies. I think that they took a different view of that at many of the, the grain companies. I do support the idea that contracts could be in more simplified language and we all better have a good understanding of exactly what we're signing and what our obligations are going forward. It, it is a strange situation though. First of all, to be that short of yield, producers in many cases were over aggressive in how much they committed and that's because we've had a number of good crops. But beyond that, it was the perfect storm where prices increased so dramatically that it was very expensive to try to get out of those contracts. So it was a, a perfect storm, but people will remember this for a long, long time. I actually fear that producers will pass up some good contract opportunities for 2022 because they've got the, the bad taste of the 2021 contracts still in their mouths, especially on crops that offer an act of God clause in contracts I think it's still prudent business when prices look very, very good to lock in a little bit of your expected production at a good price. Hearst says soil moisture remains a bit of a concern for next year. Switching from grain to beef, we asked Hearst to summarize what he's been hearing from cow-calf producers. My knowledge mainly comes from talking to my cattle farming neighbors, some of whom I, I work with back and forth on various things, and I think that many of them really scrounged, cutting slough bottoms, baling up kosher weed, even baling up cattails as a, as a livestock bedding so they don't have to utilize straw. And some culled heavily, some sold down part of their herds, some are just hoping for a, an open winter where feed use won't be as high, some are hoping that they're the corn that they seeded for grazing corn will stand themselves in, in good enough stead to get them through the winter. But you're right, prices held up, I think, amazingly well in the early part of the calf run. Even cow-cow prices held up. But I think those prices now are softening, and you hear some poor prices, especially on thinner cows and cow-cows going to market. And that's not surprising. When you get a, an influx of, of cattle going to market, the price is going to be affected. Kevin Hirsch farms at Cabri and is a well-known agricultural journalist and consultant. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. 
This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I'm joined by the new conservative shadow minister for agriculture, agri-food, and food security. It is John Barlow, MP from Foothills. Hey, John, how are you? Great. Thanks very much for having me. It's uh, good to get that title back for sure. <laughs> well, congratulations. You're, you're back in the fold in a portfolio that, uh, quite frankly, means a lot to you. Yeah, Sean, it does. This is something that uh, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into it, but also it's uh, critically important to, uh, to my own constituents and my own riding. Um, but I think the stakeholders and the people we work with certainly appreciated uh, the work that we put in in the past. Uh, they trust us. They have confidence in us. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to working with, with our stakeholders again. And there's a lot of issues to tackle, and I'm ready to get at it. John, you had, a, you had a short, brief period away from this position. From that time away, do you enter the second round, the second time in this spot, with maybe a different point of view or like what, what did that time away, how did it help you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, certainly um, taking some time and focusing on the, on the health committee and the health file was uh, an incredible learning experience. And that's not something I, I um, had done before, but I also got a better appreciation of, you know, some of the challenges that agriculture faces when so many of the things that impact that sector are in different uh, portfolios, for instance, with uh, PMRA and CFIA and health, uh, dealing with with the health minister when they may or may not understand agriculture that well. So I think I come back this time around with uh, with a better understanding of all of the different elements and all of the different um, ministers who kind of have their fingers in the agricultural pie, and uh, this gives me a much better and broader perspective when uh, and understanding and and a little bit uh, more experience of working with other ministers as well, which uh, hopefully those relationships will, will pay off. Well, one of the things that changed in the title is the addition of food security. What does that exactly mean for you in this position? Well, I think it's uh, one of the things that we've learned through the pandemic is, uh, well, I would hope that Canadians have a better understanding of where their food comes from and a bit under, better understanding of, of Canadian um, agriculture. But I think the other thing that we've learned or we should be learning is that Canada has to be much more self-sufficient. Uh, we've always been um, excellent at, at supplying the raw materials, but we haven't always been um, you know, focused or um, investing in the value-added end of it. So this during the pandemic, it was the first time in my life, and I'm sure many others, that uh, we saw empty grocery store shelves. Now we're seeing um, you know, additional non-tariff trade barriers and, and trade irritants around the world. Uh, we've understood now that we... we have to strengthen our relationships with our most trusted trading partners and we cannot rely on the bad actors so there's going to be a, let's say disruptions in the supply chain which we've all seen whether that's uh, containers uh, coming across uh, you know from around the world uh, so I think for me uh, the food security is being self-sufficient and having a rock-solid supply chain within our own country and lessen our we don't want to lessen our relationships with our global trading partners but Maybe less in our reliance on those those uh, those supply chains. So does that mean more of a focus on building the greenhouse industry, or like what do those solutions look like? Yeah, exactly. I think we need to um, grow our processing and, and manufacturing um, sector here in Canada, but also take a look at those opportunities when it comes to, to greenhouses. Um, you know, we've, we've got a lot. Of sunlight isn't the problem. It's where where we're, we're uh, taking advantage of these opportunities. And uh, I think we have to look at all of these um, 
different perspectives and, and find out what will work and what won't and how a government can play a role in that and partnering with the private sector and the producers. What's going to be interesting is there's some familiar faces going to be joining you on Ag Committee. Uh, NDP has Mr. McGregor back. The Bloc Québécois has Mr. Perron back. And so there's going to be a lot of familiar faces in that room working with Minister Bourbeau to solve some of these problems. Yeah, you know, I'm actually I'm really looking forward to getting back. Um, I think I believe we've all worked quite well together, and I believe we will do that again. And I think uh, one of the, the proofs of that proof of that is, uh, you know, even my private member's bill, uh, C205, I was able to get it through committee at last spring with uh, unanimous support of all parties involved. And I think that that highlights the, um, the ability for all of us to, you know, put politics aside at times and do what's best for our stakeholders and our constituents. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Infuse some energy into your next corporate event, customer meeting, or conference with Real Ag Radio, Canada's national agriculture radio show. Create a unique experience at your next event with host Sean Haney, broadcasting Real Ag Radio live on Sirius XM, featuring exciting guests, captivating interviews, and the latest news from the agriculture community. Contact advertising at realagriculture.com or call 587-787-1795 to book your on-location with Real Ag Radio today. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. The official 620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. A fog advisory remains in effect. Cloudy today, rain beginning this afternoon. Fog dissipating early this afternoon. Wind southeast 20, the high plus 4. Wind southeast 40, gusting to 60 tonight, with the temperature steady near plus 3. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness. Snow and blowing snow beginning near noon. Wind southwest 40, gusting to 60, becoming west 60, gusting to 90 in the afternoon. The high plus 4, with temperature falling to minus 1 tomorrow afternoon. The low minus 8. Wednesday, cloudy, 60%, chance of flurries, local blowing snow Wednesday, and windy, high minus 8, low minus 14. Thursday, sunny, the high minus 4, the low minus 9. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 1, the low minus 9. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 11. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 6. Normal high is minus 2 for this date, the normal low is minus 12. The sun rose at 8.13 this morning. It sets at 5.13 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now in the southwest corner, Valmarie at plus 6. The cold spot up north, Uranium City at minus 6. Estevan and Saskatoon plus 1. Swift Current plus 3. Weyburn plus 1. Yorkton is minus 1. Regina has some mist. It's plus 1. That's 34 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east-southeast at 11. Humidity is 97%. The barometer falling 101.1. Fog in Moose Jaw plus 2. Winds are from the east at 8. Once again, Regina missed and plus 1. That's 34 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. 
and brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Milligan Bio in Foam Lake is undergoing a major million-dollar-plus expansion. Milligan Bio is a Saskatchewan-based major supplier of numerous environmentally friendly canola-based products that can be used in both the industrial and agricultural sector. All of the products use canola from local growers across the provinces of the prairies. The company Scott Osborne outlines the expansion plans. Yeah, we're adding a uh, existing storage uh, blending facility into our um, into the plant here, just to allow us to when seed is available to bring it in and condition it properly for our crush plant. The storage capacity will triple. Osborne says producers will see a huge benefit. Being that we run an off-grade seed, um, it, it's going to allow a producer the ability to deliver the seed immediately and not have to be put on a wait list till we have room. Um, currently, right now, we're operating with about you know, seven or 800 tons of seed storage avail availability, and it's always full. So right now we want to step it up so we can, when the producer has the seed, we can take it immediately. Osborne says the project will be completed early in the new year. He says not only do they buy seed, but also produce all natural products and items like penetrating oil. Scott Osborne is with Milligan Bio in Foam Lake. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. The Crops Extension Specialist in Prince Albert says a feature virtual event will discuss efforts to battle drought late this month. Ali Noble with Saskatchewan Agriculture says there will be 14 guest speakers on the Internet Drought Seminar. This year, our Crops Extension Specialist team has worked to put together an agenda for Agronomy Research Update 2021 that will help answer some of these. Every year, SaskAg puts on this event, and in 2021, it will once again be a virtual event that it's free to sign up for. Online sessions will be spread out over four days from November 29th to December 2nd, starting at 9 a.m. and running until 11 a.m. each day. Agronomists, producers, industry, and retail attendees will have the opportunity to learn about what happened in the 2021 growing season and the potential impact in 2022, as well as research on dry crop conditions and annual forage crops. We have 14 speakers over four days joining us to address different agronomic issues that have come up over the past year. We have speakers including Dave Sachin from the University of Regina on current drought conditions from a climate change perspective, we have Jeff Shano joining us from the U of S, managing soil fertility under dry conditions. We have Rosalind Buchert from the U of S, talking about crops physiology under stress. And as well as this, we have multiple provincial specialists from Saskatchewan Agriculture that will be joining us to update on herbicide injury risks going into 2022 with Clark Brenzel. Seed quality concerns going into the next growing season with Dale Rizula and provincial crop disease and insect updates from Ala Reza Akavan and James Tanzi. It's time now for Countdown to Agribition, brought to you by 2S Auctioneers Online Auction House. Start bidding today at 2Sauctioneers.ca. Canadian Western Agribition is back next week after being cancelled due to COVID-19 last year. CEO Chris Lane says the show will celebrate the 50th anniversary of Canadian Western Agribition with a full week of national cattle shows and sales. There'll be jousting, sword fighting and birds of prey displays. There'll be free skating on the grounds, but he says the school tours will be in a virtual format due to the 
due to the pandemic this year. The field trips, uh, the, the schools themselves are not coming to exhibition. We've uh, made a decision with the school boards themselves um, around, around what that would look like. And so in the last year, uh, we've been able to put together a pretty comprehensive virtual agricultural education experience, sort of uh, what, what kids would see and do at exhibition as best we can online. And we're creating new content for that too. So we'll be able to deliver an agricultural education experience during Agribition Show Week uh, virtually to the classrooms that aren't able to be here. That's CWA CEO Chris Lane. Agribition begins Monday and wraps up Saturday, November 27th. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. See Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra quotes for canola gained $7 at 9.9012. One red spring wheat fell 56 cents at 4.5738. The rest were unchanged. Durham 7.0772. Feed barley 3.8364 and flax 14.6862. Lentils are 9.8650. Oats 5.3653. Yellow peas 5.9575. And feed wheat 261.65. On the Minneapolis Exchange, spring wheat fell 13 cents at 10.37 a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Crowley bringing the market report direct from Heartland and Swiftcourt. We had 7,634 cattle on offer last week. 1,200 cows were on offer, plus 5,000 calves. All classes of cows sold steady to a shade higher toward the end of the week, with nine order buyers on the market buying cows. Good stocks and feeders sold, sold steady. Here are the quotations. Steers, three to 400 pounds steers were 235 up to 275. Four to 500 pounds, 210 to 255. Five six hundred pounds, two dollars to two twenty six. Six to seven hundred pounds, one eighty five to two ten. Seven eight hundred pounds, one seventy five to one ninety. Seven eight hundred pounds, one seventy to one ninety. Heifer calves, three to four hundred pounds, two dollars to ten. Four to five hundred pounds, one eighty five to two dollars. Five to six hundred pounds, one seventy five to one ninety. Six seven hundred pounds, one seventy to one eighty five. Seven eight hundred pounds, one sixty five to one seventy six. Eight to nine hundred pounds, one fifty five to one sixty five. Nine hundred to one thousand pound yearling steers are one forty five to one sixty five. And the latest pork prices, one seventy three sixty five per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit two ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. The professional bull rider season ended Saturday in Edmonton with a come from behind surge by Cody Coverchuk of Meadow Lake. Coverchuk goes in the record books as he was crowned the 2021 PBR Canada champion. Entering the final day, he was number two behind number one Dakota Butter of Kindersley. Butter was relegated to the sidelines on the final competition with a groin injury. Shaking off a difficult performance on Friday, Coverchuk earned one of 12 coveted positions in the championship round after riding a bull for 83 points. 
He earned a career-best payday of $67,000 and is now just the third multi-time PBR champion in league history. Joining the likes of three-time title holder Aaron Roy of Yellowgrass and two-time champion Zane Lamberti of Pinoca, Alberta. Butter was awarded the Glenn Keeley Award for the fifth consecutive year. This award goes to the Canadian bull rider earning the most world points during the season. On the markets, the TSX is down 31 points at 21,737. The Dow is up 5 points at 36,105. Oil is down 89 cents at 79.90 cents per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is up 22 hundredths of a cent at 79.85 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.